Winston Churchill was once famously asked if he had anything nice to say about his political rival, Clement Attlee, to which Mr. Churchill said, Mr. Attlee is a very humble man, and he has so much to be humble about. In contrast, we usually give the label humble to someone who, despite having some talent or gift or having achieved something notable, still manages to be friendly rather than haughty who deflects compliments, and who treats those lower in the social pecking order with a certain amount of respect and kindness. In other words, we use it to describe someone who probably could get away with being more arrogant and self-absorbed in light of his or her status, but instead acts like a fairly normal person. Unfortunately, that's an impoverished notion of humility. It's not about being nice or doing the aw shucks routine when someone tries to pay you a compliment. St. Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of the Jesuit order. He wrote The Spiritual Exercises, one of the classic works of spiritual theology. He said that there are three levels of humility. The first was simply a willingness to do God's will. That should be fairly obvious. The entirety of the Christian life is built upon the idea of doing God's will as our path to salvation. The second level of humility is being willing to do God's will regardless of whether it will bring us honor. This gets a little harder because we know, of course, that obtaining honor is not per se incompatible with doing God's will. So we might hold out the hope that we can obtain both. But the third way is the hardest. This way tells us that all other things being equal, we should actively prefer the path that will bring us the least honor. In other words, unless God tells us in some very clear way, no, I want you to follow this path that might bring you some honor along the way, then we should assume that he wants us to do the thing that will bring us the least honor. Now that teaching is hard to accept because it requires us to really go outside of our comfort zone. We tend to like doing what we are good at. And when we are good at something, usually other people will recognize it and they will commend us for it. So almost inevitably, according to St. Ignatius, doing what we might feel drawn to do on a natural level because we like it and are good at it is not the thing that is going to bring us to humility. Two things are interesting about the Pharisee that Jesus describes in the gospel. He says that the Pharisee went into the temple and took up his position. Took up his position. It suggests that there was something almost kind of stylized about the way he went about praying. That he prayed in this particular place often. And there was almost a kind of performance aspect to it perhaps in the dramatic way that he entered, or that he knelt down, or the way that he held his hands in prayer. The second detail is that it says that the Pharisee says in his prayer, I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. This suggests that he lived a very ordered kind of life, but not ordered in the good sense of the term. It makes it sound like he did these things in a very formula formulaic, almost routine kind of way, rather than as true acts of devotion. As a Pharisee, he would have been an expert in the religious law. Most likely what drew him to be a Pharisee in the first place was his interest in legalism and religious practice. 
It was something that he was good at mastering. People would have looked up to him as someone who was both knowledgeable as well as holy. And so he would have been held in great esteem by other Jews, especially when they saw his dramatic rituals of praying in the temple or when they heard about his reputation for fasting or paying tithes on his entire income. Objectively, many of the things that he was doing, prayer, fasting, and tithing, were certainly good. Objectively, they constituted sacrifices. But subjectively, they were probably relatively easy for this Pharisee to accomplish. Perhaps he even enjoyed doing them. He had it down to a rhythm. He probably enjoyed the sense of mastery that he felt in going about these different religious practices. And of course, he would have enjoyed the honor that he received from others for doing this. So he was anything but humble. In contrast to the tax collector. Tax collectors, of course, worked for the Romans, and they collected taxes from their fellow Jews. So they were already held in very low esteem. So it was not just the fact that the tax collector was willing to say this prayer to the Lord, acknowledging his humility, but was rather even in the fact that he was willing to go into the temple in the first place, where he knew he would have received the withering glares of the other Jews. In the Beatitudes, Christ tells us, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Becoming poor in spirit, being humble, doesn't just magically happen to us from doing certain pious acts. It comes when we are willing to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of the gospel, when we are willing to do things that, in all honesty, we'd rather not do, when we are willing to suffer humiliation in order to do God's will. When we have given of ourselves and stretched ourselves beyond what we thought we were capable of, that's where we find true humility. God says, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. So the way that we grow in humility is by being willing to give of ourselves, not just from our strengths, but also from our weaknesses. By being willing to follow God's will, God's call, not just to do something that might be holy, but something that we might be entirely uncomfortable with, something that we know that we're not good at, something that we might do badly, at least at first, something where we might have to suffer some embarrassment in the eyes of others. For the person who might fear illness and death, it might mean visiting the sick and dying in a hospital or nursing home. For someone who fears talking to strangers, it might mean engaging in some door-to-door evangelization. For someone who dislikes being around other people who are smelly and dirty, it might mean serving the homeless. Because when we have broken ourselves in service to others, when we have gone beyond what we thought were the limits of our endurance, we will more readily see the role that God's grace plays in our life. And then we can truly be strengthened by that grace to go on further than we ever thought possible. That's why St. Paul could write, Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then it is that I am strong. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.